1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Louder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other side of the speaker. I appreciate you tuning in. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I am recording this on Christmas Eve after the 49ers. Somewhat embarrassing, somewhat. What's the best way to describe that loss? It was very like. It, it was final. It was finite. It was convincing. It was a convincing win for the Ravens. I'll say that. Not a convincing win for the, for, or not a convincing loss for the 49ers. I don't know if you can get those, but 49ers lost 33-19 uh, to the Ravens who were traveling across the country uh, to play the 49ers at Levi's Stadium. This episode, of course, is brought to you by Prize Picks, And today we're going to talk about that loss. Now, one thing that I'm going to say right out the gate I'm going to try and approach this. Uh, I, I, I just, I know how social media is going to be. I know how just the general media is going to be. And I'm going to try and approach this with as level of a head as I can. Maybe even somewhat like purposefully trying to be boring about it. I apologize. I had to kind of like catch my wind about me. I'm drinking a Shasta grape soda that was brought to me by my grandma or by my sister via my grandma. Uh, It's kind of like her thing. Like whenever we go to grandma's house, we always have Shasta grape soda, and I wouldn't even. I love it, and I wouldn't even contemplate buying it for my own fridge because it has to stay at my grandma's and has to be special there. Um, I'm going to try and be as short as I can be on this episode. I mean, every time I say that, I go 45 plus, Um, but uh, you know, my my wife is in there taking care of our now week old baby. Um, Everything is going great, but uh, you know, thank you to everybody who's. Reached out on Twitter and and all kinds of stuff, uh, and and I think I saw a couple little takeaways in here that mentioned it. And I appreciate everybody's uh, just kindness regarding the birth of my son. It's been pretty amazing, Katie's Katie. I mean, my wife is just an absolute champion. Like I've heard so many men talk about how much respect they gain for their for their wives after they have a baby, and it's not like they were lacking respect beforehand. But you just see this completely different side where they just morph into this like super mom and you know she's just she makes me look bad <laughs> you know this is a great thing uh I, I'm, I'm just happy to call her my wife and i'm really proud of her i hope she hears this uh it's just been pretty impressive to watch um anyways let's carry on you guys want to hear about this mushy stuff okay um, bottom line up front, the 49 or the Ravens came into Levi stadium and whooped the 49ers ass. Uh, it was a reality check right up in their face, plain and simple. Uh, the bully got bullied. I guess you could say, uh, this loss felt uh, a little bit more and not all losses are created equal, but this lo- loss felt a lot like the 49ers losses to the, the Browns and the Vikings and the Bengals and can Coincidentally, they scored 19 points. And in those three losses, they scored 17. Those are not the same numbers, but they're only two apart. And it's just this, it's this, it's like the 49ers have this weird way of winning. They don't just lose. They lose in a certain fashion that makes it seem different. If you, I'm sure you guys can relate to it. Um, But yeah, so the Ravens came into town and and out physical, the 49ers outplayed the 49ers out made plays um, out created plays outplayed the team and in, in pretty much every way shape or form and that doesn't mean the 49ers didn't aid the Ravens in their their quest to beat the 49ers the 49ers seemed like they were perfectly willing to give the ball away um, to make mistakes to constantly draw bad penalties at bad times um, we'll get into that but you shouldn't take any way, anything away from the ravens. I feel like again, it was a convincing win for them. They came in and they did what they needed to do to beat the 49ers who now face um, you know, a couple of must-win games. We'll get into that. No matter how you look at this game, whether it was offense, defense, special teams, even special teams, everybody got beat. Now the defense, I don't want to take away too much from the defense because they started out pretty damn well and they were put they were put into some pretty tough positions and they stayed pretty stubborn with a Ravens offense that could really make you pay. And if you look at the Ravens drives, the 49ers defense started out forcing the Ravens to punt with a three and out. Then they got a safety on a really cool play where Lamar Jackson ran over the referee. He was surrounded by three 49ers defensive linemen, including for two defensive linemen and Fred Warner. I think he wasn't going anywhere, but anyways, that added to the humor. So the Ravens went punt, safety, field goal, touchdown, field goal, field goal. Now that's four scoring drives, but with the way that game unfolded, the 49ers on the other hand went interception, field goal, interception, interception, touchdown. So when you have three interceptions, you're you're assuming that the other team is really capitalized with points, and the 49ers made sure that they kept this game close. Uh, the 49ers defense, namely. So I, I don't necessarily want to take anything away from the defense. Uh, they did kind of end up crumbling as time went on, but it started out pretty well. Uh, Kyle Shanahan kind of summed it up pretty well in his press conference. Says anytime you have five turnovers, 100 yards of penalties, this is what a game should look like. And, and that's really what it is. The 49ers uh, did not play a brand of football that cultivates winning, that creates wins. It, it's just that simple. Uh, they, weren't allowing, they, they weren't allowed to get into their zone, to their type of game. Christian McCaffrey only had 14 carries. Now, he, he still managed 103 yards, which is nuts. Um, but the 49ers weren't able to play their game. Brock Purdy threw 32 times. That should tell you all you need to say right there. That might be the most he's thrown in a game this season. Uh, If it's not, it'll be close. It'll be close. Brock Purdy stats. I'm pulling it up. I got to make the computer. Okay, so attempts, attempts, attempts. Uh, No, he threw for 37 against the Giants towards the beginning of the season. So this is the second most passes he has thrown in a game all season. That just tells you how uh, out-of-pocket, how off-brand the 49ers kind of were. Uh, moving on, though, the injuries are going to prove the biggest problem from this loss. And I'm sorry to hit you with this list here, but you've got Trent Williams, who left the game with a groin injury, told the media afterwards that he was going to he was going to be fine. Um, he did not return to the game. Jalen Moore came in and to replace Trent Williams and then suffered a concussion and had to leave uh Brock Purdy left the game for a short I mean he stayed out of the game but um he was only he suffered another stinger he came off the field he only missed like 3 or 4 snaps it was apparent from the sideline interactions that he was clear to come back in and Kyle told him let's just sit this one out and and you know the reason he did that more than anything and you know no offense to Sam Darnold but Trent Williams was out Jalen Moore had come in and is now out. Spencer Burford was then then came in at right tackle, who was their starting right guard. Colton McKivitz then moved to left tackle, and Aaron Banks went down and Ben Birch came in. It's like, why would you send Brock Purdy back into that? Now it did end up getting a little weird because the 49ers kind of made a late push um to get the game within one score, and they found a way to screw that up, too. We'll get into that. Um so Brock Purdy left with the stinger, Aaron Banks, a significant injury here, re-aggravated his turf toe that knocked him out for a couple games earlier this season. And Avery Thomas left with a hamstring, another significant injury a 49ers you know, starting corner that left with an injury that could be significant going into these last two games. Um, now getting into the specifics of the offensive defense, obviously the, the story that all you're going to hear about for the next week is, uh, that Brock Purdy was exposed and, uh, I mean, and even I on social media at one point said that, you know, on, on Brock Purdy's fourth interception that, you know, the, the meltdown was official that, you know, Brock Purdy had thrown a fourth interception and we're like, Hey, you can't say that his arm got hit. And it was, uh, I was like, okay, my bad. Uh, It's four interceptions though. So uh, what do you want to call it? You know, it's like, I'm sorry. I called it a meltdown, but I mean, what do you want to go with? Uh, Code red, Uh, uh, severe overheating. Uh, And like, okay, it's not melting down, but something's happening. What's funny is on the very next drive, I think it was the very next drive. Yeah, because. On that fourth interception, the Ravens scored in one play. Brock Purdy comes back out and then throws the ball behind Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel tried to catch it. It was tipped up and almost picked off in itself. So he almost threw a fifth interception. There was another interception in there. that It could have been six where it hit a defender in the face mask. Now, that one was Willie Sneed's fault. He stumbled right when he was supposed to catch the ball, and it hit the uh, defender's face mask. So I apologize to anybody out there that was offended by the term meltdown, but I mean – 18 of 32 for 255 yards. That's 56.3%. That's uh about 14% less than what Purdy normally does. Um zero touchdowns and four interceptions for a 42.6 rating. I'm I'm sorry I called that a meltdown. I'll re I'll, I'll, I'll reconvene on my word usage. Uh unquestionably took a massive probably irreparable hit to his MVP odds. He was the far and away the MVP favorite. That's how fickle this stuff is. I mean, I wouldn't even say fickle. You come out in, in a big game against a big team and type a playoff type atmosphere and you throw in four interceptions and that's going to hurt your MVP lot. It's just the same thing, same way it happened to uh, Dak Prescott. So, uh, I mean, uh, the MVP was, was on the field. It just wasn't, he just wasn't in a 49ers uniform. I, I'm pretty sure by tomorrow Lamar Jackson is going to be the the clear MVP favorite and again it's it's silly because we were just talking about Purdy the same way but it really does go on a week to week basis uh yeah Lamar Jackson looked like the uh, the most valuable player on the field uh you know and that's that's no slight because there were or that's no small thing because there were two other MVP candidates on the field and in, in Purdy and McCaffrey now McCaffrey looked good and uh, I'm not going to take anything away from McCaffrey but um, it, it, it was clear that Lamar was that guy, you know, was that guy now on purdy's four interceptions. I mean, the first one was the worst, I guess you could say it was the worst. That's the one where he just misread the coverage. saw Debo flash over the middle was super late on the throw and just basically threw it right to Kyle Hamilton, Ravens Ravens safety. When they were in the red zone, they were about to score. They were moving the ball well, and that kind of, you know that that's a that's the first little push of the snowball off the hill right there and it kind of seemed like it went from there so you had you had one inexcusable interception we'll call it that one then the next one and i don't think it was the next one i think it was actually the second one was a freak play where it was a screen to the left they called a corner blitz or a safety blitz the safety ran right in between Purdy and I want to say it was gonna to go to Debo Samuel. Knocked it up into the air and then it was caught by another defender. And, and then there's another interception. So that's a freak play. Hardly something like could Brock have seen that coming and thrown it higher? Maybe. That shit happened so fast. Um, you know, that we can call that a freak play if you want to be a little harder on, on him on that. And that's fine. That's fine. Um and then the third interception. The third interception was one that I'm gonna call so I've got one freak play, One, the first interception was inexcusable. I'm going to call the third one unexplainable. Um, Purdy kind of like escaped the pocket and ran around like the flag was like, it's almost like he felt he had a free play or maybe he didn't, but he kind of scrambled to the right laxadaisically. Then saw George Kittle coming back towards him. The defender was right there and the defender might've been there early. I should have watched that specific play again. Uh, And the ball gets tipped up and intercepted. But what was weird is Purdy was kind of scrambling around and he made that throw as if it was like a free play. You know how you kind of see quarterbacks know when they get that free play and they just chuck it. They're like, eh, what happens, happens. Purdy kind of threw it like that. The penalty was on the 49ers. They declined it, or it was actually enforced because it was a personal foul. Um, And the interception counted. And after I saw that play, I was like, man, he really just didn't give a shit. Like, I don't think he knew it was going to get intercepted, but the way he went about that play, it just seemed like, I don't know. It, it was weird. And maybe I'm overblowing the weirdness, but it seemed weird. And then obviously the last interception was the one where he was hit as, uh, hit as he throws. Um, but four interceptions is four interceptions. If you don't consider that a meltdown, then don't consider it a meltdown. Uh, but obviously there was kind of some context to every interception. The world is not falling. Um, in that game, things are melting down. It was, it was bad. And again, there was another throw on the very next drive after his fourth interception where he threw it behind Debo Samuel and Debo tried to still catch it. It was kind of tipped just a little bit into the air and the defender almost snagged it. And there was the other one where, and it wouldn't have been Purdy's fault at all, where um, Willie Sneed stumbled right as he was supposed to catch it and it hit a defender in the face. So, it was weird. It was a weird day for Purdy. It's going to give uh, anybody who had even the slightest qualms with Purdy and the way he played quarterback a ton of ammunition. And you're going to have to hear that all week. And it is what it is. Just, I mean, if you're on Twitter or X or whatever, just just mute mute people, mute conversations. Protect your sanity. And if you if you really if you want to get into it and put the gloves on and, and go to war with people on social media, then do it. But the best advice I can give you is if you read some dumb dumb shit, then just just mute it, mute the conversation or something. You know, so you don't have to. Just be annoyed all week. Uh, you know, I know how that shit is. Uh, people think it's cool to have a lot of followers, and I don't even have that many, but it's... You just have to read it. A, a lot of dumb shit on social media, and so you just got to get good at muting people. So many people out there yelling at brick walls whenever they reply to me. Uh, Not a lot. Not you guys, but anyways. Uh This was the, Bra- the Ravens defense was obviously the best defense Purdy's faced uh, since the Browns, and it looked a lot like the Browns. Worse than the Browns. Worse than the Browns. Um, it's just going to be a weird path going forward for him. This is unprecedented in his tenure with the 49ers, he'd never, he's never had this many turnovers in a game. He's had turnovers in games and he's, when he, when he's had multiple turnovers, the 49ers lose. Um, but this is different. This is one of those, the sky is falling type of deals. And uh, he's not going to react that way. You can tell he's a pretty level guy, but he's going to have to find a way forward, especially at a time when the 49ers need to win out. Uh, Like I said, Purdy did suffer a stinger. He left. Uh, It was clear that he got cleared. Um, But Kyle Shanahan was like, let's let's not get into that, Um, which I don't blame him considering the state of the offensive line. Christian McCaffrey was cool. George Kittle was cool. Brandon Ayuk was cool. Uh, even Debo Samuel was cool. What's, I mean, this is a crazy t- statistic. Debo Samuel was targeted 12 times and only caught four of them. He didn't have a couple drops. He didn't have one drop that would have converted on a third down. Um, he, man, he had that one catch where he just took an unfiltered shot from, I want to say it was Marlon Humphrey and just stonewalled it. That was one of the weirdest things, craziest things I've seen in a football game in a while. Brandon Ayuk caught six of seven for 113 yards Kittle, 7 of 10 for 126 yards. And when you get behind on the sticks, you just got to start slinging it, and that takes the 49ers out of their realm. They want to get ahead and they want to stay ahead because that allows their offense to operate at a level where, you know, or, or in a way that is most efficient to them. Running the ball, throwing the ball, running the ball, throwing the ball, play action, run the ball, run the ball, play action, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball play action, throw, throw. You know, they they can't do that when they're behind on the sticks. And uh, they they can do it even less when Purdy's throwing four interceptions. On the de- defensive side of things, like I said, it started off pretty strong. They they took what the – if you go and look at the Ravens, uh, where they took possession of the ball. Where's it at right here? Okay, so on one point scoring possession, they got it on the 20th. That was a field goal – on the 20-yard line, on – the 49ers 20-yard line, and they only got a field goal. They only got negative three yards out of that drive. On one possession, they got it midfield. Baltimore's 47. They scored a touchdown on that one. Um On this touchdown, they got it on the 49ers 44. On this touchdown, they got it on the 49ers 9-yard line. Uh, there was really only one, two, three. That's a crazy statistic. Baltimore scored on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven drives. And only three of those began on Baltimore's side of the field. So that will tell you with what the defense was kind of presented with. You know, it was a constant, they were constantly on their back foot and they still made plenty of mistakes. They had plenty of stupid penalties. Sean Gibson gave up like 38 penalties on like in like three, 38 yards in penalties on like three plays. Uh, one of them was on a pass that wasn't going to be completed. Anyways, Mitch Wisnowski's hitting guys out of bounds. It was, it was just, it was ugly. But again, the defense was constantly put in a rough spot. And given the circumstances, when you're turning over the ball that many times and you're giving it right back to a defense that just came off the field, I feel like they did the best they could in that situation. There were plenty of bad plays. Jair Brown lost two sets of ankles, one to Zay Jones, and, or excuse me, Zay Flowers, and one to Lamar Jackson. He was also stiff-armed into the turf by Isaiah Likely. Um, Even Fred Warner got bit by Lamar Jackson. You know, there were plenty of plays made by the Ravens, plenty of solid plays, but the 49ers defense was playing, uh, you know, with one arm tied behind their back um, half the game. So it was tough. It was tough. My overall thoughts on the game, and then we're going to get into prize fix, and then we're going to get into your takeaways um it was just odd there were some odd play calls the 49ers tried to throw it on fourth and one at one point uh you know they also it later in the game when when they were actually going to have a chance to go up go pull within a score with like two minutes left just under two minutes and it was third and one and they tried to throw it with sam darnold and a patchwork offensive line and of course he ends up scrambling and getting sacked it was one of the weirdest like i understand that a patchwork offensive line may not be able to block well either but I mean, find a way to, I don't, to do some kind of wildcat with Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, you know what I mean? Like, give yourself a better shot than asking those guys to block the Ravens who lead the league in sacks, you know, on the one-yard line with your backup quarterback. So there were some odd play calls, some horrible penalties, costly turnovers over and over and over. It was one thing over and over, one thing after another. The snowball kept running. It's it's For the 49ers, it's, it wasn't the worst game to lose You're losing to one of the best teams in the NFL that doesn't necessarily rip your heart out. I mean, you know, when the 49ers went to the NFC Championship game, they also got absolutely deleted by the Chiefs earlier that season. So it's it's not the worst loss. It's not the worst loss. It gives the 49ers a huge slice of humble pie right before the final push into the playoffs. But... That outlook can only hold true if you win out, which is not a guarantee. We've talked about this. I'm going to talk about it again in a little bit. That outlook can only hold true if you win out and you, can, and you maintain the number one seed and none of the injuries from this game seriously cripple your ability to win out or take you into the playoffs. Again, going back up to the top of the list, Trent Williams was out with a groin injury. Uh, Jalen Moore has a concussion, who's Trent Williams' backup. Brock Purdy left with a stinger. Uh, All indications are he's going to be fine. Aaron Banks re-aggravated his turf toe injury. That could set him out at least a week or two, or we'll see. Um, And Ambry Thomas suffered a hamstring injury. That could be significant. Um, And and now you're looking at the 49ers being down another starting cornerback. So uh, the team can – Again, like I'm saying, the team can get away with this loss, and it can be for the better. And if you were, if the 49ers were able to play the Ravens, if they played the Ravens again, with you know with the injuries wiped away, I would still pick the 49ers. I I think the 49ers can beat the Ravens if if they played them ten times. I think the 49ers could probably win six out of ten, seven out of ten. But this obviously was not their night. This was not Brock Purdy's night. This was not a the 49ers' night in general. And that shit happens sometimes you lose football games, you lose football games to good teams. you know it's like like he says in miracle, you know if we played them ten times they might they might win nine, but not this game, not tonight you know it's it's shit like that happens it's It's sports it's kind of the beauty of it, but I still think the forty nineers can beat a team can beat the ravens i I still think they can beat the ravens um but they have to make this right. They have the opportunity to make this right in a weird way. They could put it in the past very quickly. If they go on the road and beat the commanders convincingly, and then they manage to beat the the Rams at home to close out the season that would give them the number one seed that would make them, uh, that would capture their first round by, and then they could move into the playoffs with a fresh set of confidence. But, and we talked about this a little last week, the Rams are coming. And I know that that seems funny, but the Rams are coming. And the Rams have been playing a very good brand of football. And the Rams just played the Ravens and it went into overtime. And it, the Ravens ended up squeaking it out 37 to 31. The 49ers just got beat 33 to 19 by the same Rams. Against the Rams, Matthew Stafford completed 23 of 41 for 294 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. Cooper Cup had eight catches for 115 yards. Nakua had five catches for 84 yards. Kieran Williams had 25 carries for 114 yards. I'm telling you. The 49ers have had the Rams number, but this, is, this just feels different. That is my intelligent football analysis. All right. The Rams have rattled off win against the Saints, win against the Commanders, overtime loss to the Ravens. Absolutely handled the Browns, thirty-six to nineteen. Handled the Cardinals, thirty-seven to fourteen. Beat the Seahawks, and then they then that's when you get into their losing streak and you know, lost to the. Packers lost to the Cowboys, lost to the Steelers. You know, that was, that's gross. But the Rams are on a different wavelength now, and the 49ers are going to have to beat them in the last week of the season to earn their first round uh, bye. That's considering they go and they beat the Commanders, which they will be expected to by a lot of points. But that is no small thing, and that is their way ahead. Prize picks, let's talk about it real quick. If you don't know what prize picks are, it's daily fantasy sports. It's the easiest way to play daily fantasy sports, and it's a lot of fun. You're picking two to six players. You're picking stat projections over on receiving yards, under on rushing yards, over on touchdowns, under on receptions. Um, and then you're letting the winnings roll in again, two to six players over, under, more, less, more, less, and make your picks, let them roll. Um, if you're going to play prize picks, which I highly recommend, you know what the best thing about it is? It's freaking simple. It's freaking simple. I, I still am, you know, with in today's age of technology and the amount of things you have to funnel through on your phone and on a website, and how many times you run into stuff that's just not intuitive and is way more complicated than it needs to be. That's what I love about PrizeFix. It's not one of those things. It's so simple. You can make an entry in like a minute. Um, you get on there, com slash gold, and use the promo code gold, and you're gonna get a hundred dollars uh deposit match. So if you put in a hundred bucks, you're gonna have two hundred bucks in your account. Um again, that's com slash gold. Promo code gold, com slash gold. I was close, guys. I was close. I hate it. Okay. My two demon plays both hit. Gus Edwards did score a touchdown, Justin Tucker did kick more than two field goals. Those are my picks that were going to pay off. I also picked Brock Purdy to throw for less than 252 yards. You want to know how many he threw for? 255. I missed that one by two and a half yards. And then I also had Christian McCaffrey to have more than 31 and a half receiving yards. He had 28. So I, I almost, it was a flex play. So I almost got my 304, but I was so close to getting all four. And I love that my demon picks hit. But demon picks are picks that are harder to... You get right, but they pay off more. And I, but I felt good about it. Okay. It was a moral victory on prize picks for me. All right, let's get into your takeaways. I think these are going to be, you know what, here, before we get into takeaways, I've got one from Katie Sowers, who, uh, used to coach on the 49ers strengths, uh, 49ers coaching staff. Uh she said it's okay Niner faithful I love this narrative for you you saw the best of this Ravens team and they saw nowhere near the best of you good chance you get to see them again and it's damn hard to beat a good team twice I think that's a good take uh she this is this was not put into our takeaways this was Katie Sowers own tweet but I just think that's a good way to look at it I remember in uh, the last dance Michael Jordan saying I want to I can't remember who it was it might have been the Pacers he said you know they had to play their best game to beat us and we played horrible. You know, we we that that might have been the Lakers. I can't remember which. They won freaking six championships. I can't remember which one it was, but that's kind of what today felt like. The Ravens played an outstanding game. The 49ers made nearly every mistake in the book and they were still in it for quite some time. It was a little weird. I mean, they almost pulled it within one score game with 2 minutes left and do you win those usually? No, but um it it, it could have been I don't I say that, but it seems disingenuous, you know, because if the 49ers would have pulled it in a, within a one score game, was it a one score game? Did it feel like a one score game? I mean, no matter what it is, what it is, the score is what the score is, but it, it felt like the 49ers got their ass whipped and then they were one dumb play call away from, you know, probably pulling it in within within one score. But let's get into the takeaways and then we will get out of here. I'm going to scroll to the bottom. Um, again, I know these aren't going to be positive, but I'm going to get to every one and, uh, we're going to do the damn thing. David Caudell. Wow. What a shit show. I agree, David. This is not bode well for the playoffs. Tons of injuries, missed tackles and interceptions. Why do the Niners have to make everyone so damn everything? Why do the Niners have to make everything so damn hard? I think that's like, that's what I need to title this, this episode. Why do the Niners make everything so damn hard? I'm not quite sure it doesn't bode well for the playoffs though. I don't think this is a loss that is going to like, have ripple effects down to the 49ers core. If they can get past the injuries, we'll see. Um, I think, I think they could rebound from this pretty convincingly, uh, but we'll see. Don bond, Congrats. Papa louder. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Time to get real sad. Let's say the Niners match up with the Ravens or another team similar to them in the playoffs. What do you do different? What do you do different? I mean, Purdy was completely shut down and couldn't do anything. wanted to do I'm not really sure what to think you know I don't know I think it's a good question Uh, I don't think that this the sky is completely falling for Purdy though it was a bad loss with a lot of bad mistakes but again some of those interceptions were were kind of freak plays the one on the screen plan screen pass the one where he gets hit right as he tries to throw you know so that's two out of the four the first one was inexcusable and like I said the last one is It's still kind of a free play where the defender gets there, right? As Kittle does, and it pops up into the air and somebody else picks in, but it also seemed like Purdy just wasn't aware of the situation. So I, I, I get, I get the, I get why you would, you know, I get the question though. And I understand the frustrations again. I was kind of, I told you in the beginning, I was going to try and be a little lever headed level headed, but I, I can't tell you exactly why in this moment I'll, I'll talk about it later in the week. Um, But I do think the 49ers find a way to bounce back from this, and I do think Purdy bounces back from this. and Stuff like this, depending on your mental makeup and how you handle the game, can really do wonders if if you let it. Um, Walter Hewins, my takeaway, a fucking disgrace. Two football emojis, two shit emojis. Um, I think everybody understands where you're coming from, Walter. Hang in there. Um, bond de tone part two. Ooh, we get two. I mean, four picks. I get the pressure was getting there, but four was inexcusable. That's also uh, a big problem. Purdy was under under pressure quite a bit. Also, the play calling was not great in my opinion. How should we feel about this team right now? Uh, I, I brought up the play calling earlier. I agree. How should we feel about this team right now? I think that's a great question too. Bond de tone is bringing it. How should we feel about this team right now? Uh, again, I what I said earlier. I said they, you know they ate a massive slice of humble pie. I don't if they if they can move if they can get past the injuries if they can have some injury luck and these injuries don't drastically kind of change the outlook of the team because they're at serious spots and there are a lot of them are on the offensive line. So you've got to kind of like hold your breath until those the dust settles on those injuries before we can know how we feel about this team. But I, I do feel like it's one of those things that kind of got out of control pretty quick. The 49ers played uncharacteristic football. Maybe that's how you should feel about it. The 49ers played uncharacteristic football. Brock Purdy played uncharacteristically. Um and, and it took the 49ers really far to falling apart at the seams for the Ravens to make this happen. And if the 49ers don't have all those turn you know, I feel like such a fool saying that cuz those turnovers happened. The Ravens for you know, are a part of those turnovers. So you can't just like if the 49ers didn't have, you know what I mean? So how should we feel about this team right now? I'm going to say. Just mm, like the old dad thing you said, you said, congrats, pop louder. I'm going to hit him with the dad quote. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> you know, I think the 49ers can rebound. Uh, Enrique Gonzalez Cruz was a bad game. Hope next time Brock learns not to force the ball. Simple take still true. You know, I think that Brock Purdy has the mental makeup to look at this game and go, okay, that was a bad one. That one sucked. I got unlucky. That one sucked. I got unlucky. And then what the hell was I doing on that one? That type of thing. Not, uh, Steven says not enough, not even enough McCaffrey. And I agree with that. 14 carries 103 yards. Christian McCaffrey was averaging 7.4 yards per carry. Now that data is slightly slanted because he had a 40 yard carry, but you don't just get to remove the big plays because they happen. So 14 carries for 103 yards. And he also had, um, six catches for 28 yards. So, uh, I do, I do think there was slightly less McCaffrey than there needed to be. Lewis, the missing tackles are killing us. It, it's been killing them. The 49ers have been like, have had like 10-plus missed tackles for the last four weeks. I'm assuming this week is going to be over 10 as well. Granted, it was a tough rival, but come on. It's Christmas Monday Night Football at home, for God's sake. <laughs> it reminds me of a tweet I saw like uh, earlier this month that said, I, I don't understand how you can act like this when Santa Claus is literally coming to town. That's what the 49ers did. Uh, sui generis, so frustrating. I hate Baltimore, as I'm sure many Niners fans do. Now we all have to suffer through the hyperbole of this week when all that happened was we got footballed. Five turnovers, and we were still in it. We're clear of Baltimore by a mile. Just need to play clean and smart. I, 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 I get what you're saying, and I don't necessarily disagree with it. Like I said earlier, I, I already kind of agreed with you. I think if the 49ers played Baltimore again, I think they would win. It's just this was not that game. And they are given the 49ers have the luxury of not paying for this game you know they they can't st- if they don't win out then they're going to pay for it but they have the luxury of erasing it by winning out they'll still have the first round buy and they will still have this loss in their mind as they move through the playoffs so if the if the 49ers can can stay keep their foot on the gas and win out then I think this loss may be viewed under a different lens we'll see. Um, and then you kind of reply to yourself a little bit outside of the picks. I know, I know two were tipped Ravens defense is kind of getting cooked. 49ers averaging 9.6 yards per play, nine per pass and eight per rush. Um, I think that was at one point of the game, but yeah, I get it. Did see like the 49ers were moving the ball. Well, they just gave it away. So I get where you're coming from. Sui generis. I'm not, I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy that, that you think that, The 49ers clear Baltimore because I could kind of see it. But in the end, you are are what your record says you is, is, says you is, says you are. Uh, Saul Peralta, did Kyle wait too long to pull Purdy? No, no, I think. I get what you you mean. Do you mean like like Purdy was playing bad enough to be pulled and should have been? Or do you mean like should have been pulled earlier because, uh, well, the game just wasn't out of reach the 49ers defense kept that game in reach and they, they almost got it within one score again with inside of two minutes. So, and I think anything you're assuming Darnold does Purdy can do, I get it, but Purdy seems like he's going to be all right. So says no takeaways. They got their ass kicked. Yes, they did on October 2nd, 1994, my 13th birthday while living in Philadelphia, the 49ers lost 40 to eight to the Eagles. Ten times worse than this for me. We won the Super Bowl months later. One game is one game. Congrats on your child. Great week, no matter what. I appreciate that, man. Very kind of you. It is a great week, no matter what. It is a great week, no matter what. Um, but, yeah, you know, uh, losses like this happen in the NFL. Do you want them to happen? Does the Do the 49ers want to lose like that? Absolutely not. But they happen, and these guys are professional athletes for a reason. They can rebound. This loss is not going to stop the 49ers from winning the Super Bowl. Uh, it only will if for some reason they wallow in their sorrows and just kind of can't come back. But that's not really this team's makeup. They'll figure it out. Dustin Henson. McCaffrey was great. Literally the rest of the team played lackluster. Missed tackles, bad assignments, stupid penalties. O-line has been bad all year. Baltimore's O-line looked like a super Bowl team. I agree with that. They did a good job of keeping Lamar Jackson clean and giving him room to move around when he wanted to. Ours looks like it'll keep getting exposed unless Purdy plays magical. I think that's all fair. I think the offensive line, and I've seen charts that show how Purdy makes way more plays than he should, given the offensive line's lack of success. So there's a lot of truth to Dustin's comments here. The offensive line is not great, but Purdy has found a way to make plays in spite of them and kind of lift them up with him, which is especially not going to be the case if any of these injuries prove significant. Mike McVay, this was a tough loss. Just one of those nights where nothing goes right. Hope the injuries aren't too bad. At least we still have the number one seed for now. Merry Christmas to the striking gold fam and to Rob for his first Christmas being a father. See, this, I mean, it almost makes me choked up. I love the fact that we do these takeaways, and I love that I get to read this shit from you guys. And it's people that I get to talk to every week. I appreciate you guys. It's still hitting me, man. Every time I look at that that cute little kid, um, I just like I, I feel like, am I worthy of this? It's kind of a trip. Kind of a trip. Anyways, let's continue being mad into takeaways. PKP84, ignoring the offensive line is why they won't win a Super Bowl. I think they will make it through. I think they will make it, though. Oh, you think they'll make it to the Super Bowl, but it's why they won't win it. I think that's a reasonable we'll take. Uh, you know, they've got the best offensive lineman in football, and Trent Williams. But then everything over uh, off of that is like, eh, it's kind of patchwork. Jake Brendel's okay. He's he's kind of working out at center. Uh, you know, Aaron Banks. He's your second round rookie, so you got to go with him, and he's been okay. Spencer Burford is. You know, John Feliciano, you know, I get where he's coming from. They just don't have a lot of talent there, and they're kind of just trying to make it work, which is a dangerous game to play. El Jefe, some bad luck, some bad play, a lot of bad penalties. The game looked too big for Brock, and the Ravens looked too dominant. If we are lucky enough to meet them again, we still need a flawless game to win. We will need a flawless game to win. I don't think they do. I don't even think they need a flawless game to win. I mean, I don't think what you said, El Jefe, is ridiculous. I just... If Brock would have thrown two interceptions to two interceptions... You know, the 49ers lost by 14 points. If Brock throws two interceptions to two touchdowns, then the, the game's tied, maybe. Maybe not because the Ravens have had even less time of possessions and they're not getting the possessions that are already on the 49ers side of the f- You know what I mean? So even if Purdy just plays decent, goes two and two you're taking away two of those possessions that the Ravens might not even score. Now this is just like, you know, multiverse of madness football, but you get what I'm saying? It's, it it can't be understated how bad Purdy played. Uh, Some of it was luck, but, and how much that enabled the Ravens, you know, made life so much easier. Again, some of, uh, some of their drives started uh, essentially at the 50 yard line at the 49ers, 20 yard line at the 49ers, 44 yard line at the 49ers, nine yard line. Like, you can't win a football game like that. And if the 49ers even play decent, they can beat the Ravens. Brock Purdy, Stan, Fred's play was concerning. Fred, yeah, Fred's been up and down. You know, I mean, he's part of the reason that he's a part of every play is because he's all over the field. But, I mean... He's making plays, he's missing plays. He he does seem like he's he's very up and down. Now, I say that and whether or not you are a big believer in Pro Football Focus right now, Fred Warner's Pro Football Focus grade on pro on, on I almost said Fred Warner's Pro Football Focus grade on Pro Football Focus is a 91. That is elite, you know. So Obviously, somebody who's paying far more attention to what Fred, or Fred Warner is doing on a play by play basis thinks he's playing fantastic. But I do agree with you in the fact that we've seen him involved in some less than ideal plays pretty frequently. Uh, McDre, you can't turn the ball over. There has to be some stops. The injury report should be interesting. And interesting it was. Golvin, Kyle Chokes in another big game. I don't know, man. How many big games has Kyle Shanahan won in law? Long- you know what I mean? I'd have to see Kyle Shanahan's big game. Anything labeled a big game, what's his record? I mean, the 49ers absolutely destroyed the Eagles. They destroyed the Cowboys. You know, that's two for one right there. What other big games have they played? You know, Jaguars. At the time, when you think about where the Jaguars were, that was a big game destroyed. So I don't know, man. I mean, obviously we know about Kyle Shanahan's high-profile losses, but I'm not sure he's a big-game choker. <clears throat> Jamie Hess, just trying to get, just trying to get too cute on offense instead of just running the rock with CMC. Very reasonable take. Averaging almost seven yards a carry. Brock played awful. Our punter got an our got an unnecessary roughness call. That's the kind of night. I think that's a great way of putting it. On uh, this was the this was a your punter is getting an unnecessary roughness call kind of night. Brian, we got bullied. We're not the toughest kid on the block. That's fair. That's fair. The 49ers did get bullied. Can the the 49ers respond? Again, you know, I think they can. But in this game, they got out everything. They got out everything. <laughs> uh, too fresh. Niners got bullied. There we go. See, you guys are on the same page as each other. No denying it. Lamar played well. Brock didn't. Kyle also called plays like... Atlanta, Kyle, (laughs) the positive. This is the first takeaway for father Rob. Congrats again, bro. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. And if I am moving a little quicker, it's just so that I can get back to my baby boy and make sure my wife just isn't feeling like she is, uh, you know, the world is against her. I don't mean she doesn't feel like that, but she's just working her ass off. They call me Mr. Tebes. Lamar Jackson is the MVP. At this point, I agree. The 49ers need to forget about this loss, but remember what led to it. I like that. Forget about the loss, but remember what led to it. And I think that's, you know, kind of where Brock Purdy is going to go from here. And I can't say this enough. The 49ers can quickly forget about this loss if they win the next two games. It'll be in the rearview mirror and they'll, bye, and they'll be enjoying a bye week. Matt Lee. Loss was painful, but didn't hit as bad as the turnovers and injuries. Overall, just an off game, and we'll bounce back. Just got to hope the injured recover quickly and aren't long-term. Good learning experience with room to fix it before the playoffs. I like that. I like all of that. And just It's reasonable, and I think it's a great way to look at things. It's not the end of the world. It, 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 it's, a, it's a wake-up call, and that's about it. And I think that that's, that's well put, Matt Rohith. Rohith Kanan. If I'm saying that right, that's kind of a badass name. Rohith Kanan. It reminds me of like the Rohirrim from Lord of the Rings. This was a needed gut check. I agree. Can't always be on autopilot. This should serve as a good opportunity for the Niners to lock in for the rest of the season. If there was any game they could have afforded to drop, it was this one. I agree. I agree. Now, if, you know, obviously winning this one would have allowed them to lose one of the other two and they got rid of that loss here. They have to win out, but I do agree with Roeth I think, I think this, if you're going to lose one, this was it. Just don't shit the bed against the Rams SB, just some unlucky bounces that didn't go their way and snowballed. If three of Brock's interceptions bounce away from the defenders, it's a different game. Uh, you don't even have to give him three. You can give a two, but uh, you know, if he doesn't get hit right as he's throwing, which the 49ers love to do that to Brock Purdy. If he, if, if those deflections don't just go straight into the hands of defenders, that's what SB's saying. Um, sometimes it'd be like that. Chris wall, not even, not even runs early on. I'm not saying avoid passing, but I didn't see any reason to be that pass happy early. Yeah. I think for the 49ers, like 15, first 15 plays, they threw like 10 times. Um, even when the game was still close after interceptions, Kyle rode CMC to a touchdown, then said, nah, yeah, they did. They had that one drive where CMC just marched down the field and put them into the end zone. And I think some dude on the internet won $500,000 because of that touchdown on some crazy parlay. But it did seem like the 49ers got it. But that's you, – you get away – it's classic football. You get away from the run when shit gets crazy, you know, and you have to score quickly. And that's – the turnovers put them in that position. And could you have still rode CMC – It'd be harder to because you're you're burning clock, but when he's that good, sometimes you just have to go for it. Mark the Shark Man should have put Mason in when it was first and and two. I I agree. That was such a weird series. The only thing that would have made sense is if Kyle didn't want the defense to go back out and just cut his losses. Frustrating as a fan watching in the stands. Um, I appreciate you contributing to the uh, to the takeaways from from the sta- I'm assuming at least leaving the stadium somewhere still around the stadium I'm sure that was frustrating to watch uh it was one of those games where you know you know the stadium was just a weird vibe because they showed that stadium beforehand it was popping it was a ton of 49ers fans that place had the had the ability to just be wild and unfortunately the game got out of hand pretty quickly and that crowd never really had a chance to turn up all right, everybody. I said it was going to be a short pod. It's not that short. I can hear my little baby boy crying, though, so I am going to get out of here. Remember, prizepicks.com slash gold, promo code gold. Thank you to everybody who jumped up in the takeaways. Thank you to everybody in there that's in there every week. I, I don't think I could quite elaborate how important you know it is that you guys are here with me, contributing, being a part of this thing, and I think it's only going to grow from here, so I appreciate you guys. Um. Thank you for listening to Strike and Gold. Thank you for the support. If you want to give a little bit more support, get on whatever app you listen to, leave us a five-star review, say some words if you want, um, but just know that I appreciate you. All right, everybody. Uh, we will be on here later this week to break down, probably break down this loss in a little bit more detail, add some more detail to it, and then talk about um, their game against the uh, against the commanders. Please, commander. All right, everybody. Appreciate you guys. I'm Rob. This is Strike and Gold, and we are signing out.